You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwukta. This is Murps. Hello. Uh, we are a few days into Diablo 2 launch. Woohoo! Yeah. We're just talking about uh, throwing some ideas at the wall, seeing if we should change the podcast name to Hellforge instead of Lightforge. I know, right? Uh, but look, we're definitely going to talk about D2 some, but first we have this annoying, old, outdated game that we have to talk about called Hearthstone. We, we I, I like this comment from Twitch chat from Advanced Wind. Advanced Wind says, Hearthstone, is that the name of a new rune word? Yeah, right? Which is coming. They're making new rune words. More importantly, they need to freaking nerf the old rune words. Like, what the hell? I, I have actually never properly played ladder, uh, or not ladder, just like any kind of Battle.net D2 with the latest rounds of rune words. They are crazy. They are crazy, yes. Uh, okay, so b- before you get me started on that, should we actually talk about what All we have been right. talking about for like 300 episodes? Yeah, okay, so we'll talk about this new rune word, Hearthstone. Um, they made a patch, it's called Patch 21.3. Um, we talked about the BGs part of it, actually, so this, this, this won't be that long, um, because everything that they data mined happened on the BG side. So if you want our analysis of uh, the changes and whether we like it or not, go go listen to the previous episode. We did that for like an hour. Yep. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to tell it like it is. I have not played BGs since because I've either been really, really busy with work or really, really busy getting my Sork up to like level 81. <laughs> so... Yeah, that has not happened. Okay, um, BGs. I und- here's what I understand. Like once again, I never want to overrepresent what I know. So I'm gonna tell you guys I know nothing. And here is the little bit that I know. Um, after the nerfs to like frogs, after the nerfs to uh, uh, kind of like some of the heroes as well. Um, what happens is now Demons. there are actual compositions um that <gasps> kind of work for example gem splitter uh is a legit kind of you know comp and scaling unit now it's crazy it's opened things a little bit back up so that i like to see um it i i've said this before and i think everyone like really does agree with it it's problematic whenever tess is good in any meta that that's like that's the canary in the coal mine. If Tess is good, mm-hmm. that means the meta is uh, messed up in, in some fundamental way. And Tess was really good. Like, you know, you were happy to pick Tess when beasts were in. That that was always a problem, right? So they had to fix uh, that. Still upset that they didn't, like, you know, fix McCall uh, or do anything to it. But that's for another date. That's not what they're going that's for. That's not what they're they, going they for. Were, they're fixing their current vision. They're fixing their current vision, so look, that is absolutely fine. I, I'm I, I'm okay with that. Um, that that's kind yeah. of it. Like I will play BGs at, at some point again, but <clears throat> until then, I'm glad to see that things are seem to be a little bit better. Okay, and if I'm wrong, you can tweet at me. You can let me know. But uh, it, it was just things were so bad before, and I things think are terrible. Yeah. So look. That's, that's a good thing, and I'm glad that Blizzard responded, although they just really had to respond. All right. Now, on the arena side, things were not good, and and, and then they they actually did stuff, which was a surprise, I think, to many people, because um, usually when October rolls around, there's a, this dual-class event, and uh, arena gets spun into whatever. Even there's no dual-class event, we're really getting close to the point in which they do a rotation. So it was really unclear that they would ever push the bu- that they would push the button again, so close to whatever the next update was but they did push the button more than pushing the button they fixed the offering rate bug which they finally confirmed is a bug um that uh has epics offering rates being the same as like common cards it's why you see clowns all the time right and rabbits and it's been the case since i think june was when it was introduced so we've been kind of just living with it treating it as a normal thing but they fixed it so now you know uh offering odds are what they're supposed to be while doing both of those on top of that they banned mount for hunter they banned the ramming mount 
the, the, the card that was, you know, holding Hunter up and, you know, making Hunter amazing um, and is super terrible, very hard to play around, and just single-handedly wins Hunter games. It is now the only card, class card, that Blizzard has ever banned that is not a legendary and after they had micro-adjust. So before micro-adjust, they banned a whole bunch of cards and classes as a way to adjust class offering rates, right? They didn't like ban the best cards or anything. They banned stuff like Snow Chugger. Um, but since those rounds of bans and their reinstatement, since we've had uh, offering odds adjustments that Blizzard was able to do that, they have not banned any class cards, only neutral cards and like certain, uh, and I'm thinking hero cards, right? So those are technically class cards, but those got banned. Uh, but otherwise, only neutrals. So this is the first class card that they banned, and honestly, Rami Mount is, is terrible, and it would be at the top of you know anyone's list in any meta to ban as a class card. But I don't know that it's like in a different category than something like Performers. Um... Yeah, it could come on on turn 3 instead of turn 7, but the win rates and the impact on the meta are all very similar. So, with the banning of Ramming Mount, I don't know, I think it opens up the potential for quite a few more cards to be banned in the arena going forward. What do you think? I think so. Um, look, this is one of those uh, situations where I hope they are just a little bit more proactive instead of reactive. Because Ramming Mount is something that I think everyone anticipated, right? Mm -hmm. There's certain look. There's there's going to be some cards which I think people disagree on. You, you know, with predictions. Um, Ramming Mount, I felt a lot more strongly about it than uh, some people did. But even like the people who didn't feel as strongly as I did, like like you, you were just like, yes, this is very problematic. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. this is game-brokenly yeah. problematic. Mm -hmm. And that's the only disagreement that we had. Um, I remember in Dreads' review, if you're, I don't know, if you got enough time to watch stuff like that for entertainment, um, he was just like, yeah, this is going to be unfun to play against, right? And that's a lot of the problem. It's like, you can have some powerful cards. You never want something that is demoralizing to play against and that is the definition of ramming mount it is demoralizing to play against so everybody could have seen that like i, I you look at a card like that and, you, and you're just like this sucks like for a, a format like arena this shouldn't be in there because this is just like game ending on turn three this really sucks does that remind you of something it's like as soon as if they're able to like play it on turn yeah. three and you can't remove it and somehow. You can't remove by, it somehow. Like by, and it has way more health than it should at the time. Yeah, and, and it's like, do you 100% lose on the spot? Maybe not. But, like, do they swing it in their favor so much and it feels really bad because there was really nothing you could do about it? Yeah, that, like, that, just, that just really, really sucks. So, like, look... If everybody saw that coming, right? If the only difference in everyone's prediction of ramming mount was that everyone agreeing, yes, this is a toxic card, and just disagreeing, is it S tier? Is it A tier? Um, let's be a little bit more proactive. I don't, I don't mind that, and I understand some people have like, oh, a slippery slope argument. It's like we, like maybe we just want stuff to be in the arena uh, and see how it goes. I like that if they're able to respond swiftly, like after three days, they see ramming mount. You know, you have enough stats in the first three days to see like, oh shit, uh, mm -hmm. if they land this, like, I mean, obviously in turn three, but really like any point of the game when the game is like somewhat close or in contention uh, and the ramming mount player just wins, like let's kind of, I don't know, um, be proactive and uh, let's just ban it ahead of time if everyone thinks this is going to happen. Um, and that's that's but fine. I'm fine with that. Day, yeah, I mean, the three-day reactive, I think, is is a good middle ground. Because I think Blizzard I'm just kind of that. doesn't yes. trust, like, the community in, in, like, rating cards. Even though we have, like, I, uh, I forget which episode it was, but it was right after Stormwind uh, came out. I kind of presented, or sorry, it was right after... Um, uh, 
Why am I blanking on the card's name? This is what happens after you nerf a card. I no longer remember his name. The wind, double wind fairy guy? Battlemaster? Battlemaster. Battlemaster. Battle after the Battlemaster nerf, I kind of presented every single time. We, as the Lifeforge podcast or the Grinning Goat, has asked for a card to be banned pre-release in neutral. Uh, and also rated it as the number one you know, valued card on our tier list. When those two factors combine, it was like an astounding rate of cards that Blizzard did eventually have to nerf or ban from the arena, but mostly nerf because it was even too ridiculous for constructed. Like, that's, that's, that, well, like when I saw, like I was compiling it myself and I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, what, how our hit rate was. And then I realized, oh my God, not only was our hit rate really good, but these are not just cards that were arena problematic. These were cards that were constructed problematic. And we know very little about constructed, but we know what values cards can do before they just get crazy. And those were just crazy cards for their respective metas. Um, so, like, these are preventable, but even if Blizzard does not want to trust, you know, people with very good track records uh, in releasing their cards, they can at least react really fast. And this is a great first step. Um, and even just on purely reactive, right? Murps is talking about being preemptive with it. Even on purely reactive, we're talking performers here. There's uh, it, um, Inquisitor. There's, like, potentially so many cards that are game-changingly bad, for the arena that you can just ban and no one will miss them or very few people will miss them. Way more people will be happy that they're gone than the few people who miss them. Yep. Um, and I don't just mean of good players. I mean of your average player in the arena will feel the same way because they feel like shit when they get destroyed by these cards. That they're like, what? Even, you know, especially if they don't even know these cards exist. They're like, what? How could this card exist? Like, these are reactions from, like, when uh, when Collins, like, came back to the arena and, like, played a few games and saw some of the new cards. We were just like, what? How? That what? was hilarious. That was hilarious. Like, I remember doing uh, a co-op with Collins out of the blue. This was, like, a few months ago. And then I'm, like, talking him through the meta. And then, like, he's looking at cards. <laughs> and, and it's just, like, it was such good content. I don't know if anyone here saw that. But I would be like, okay, so Collins, we got to watch out for this card. He's like, what's that? And I tell it to him, and he just, like, do his, like, Collins laugh. You know, that, like, contagious, just, like, uproarious mm -hmm. laugh. And it, 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 he was just being, like, like it, it, he wasn't saying it, but it was within his laugh was the context of, I can't believe this shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was uh, just yeah, insane. So it's just, anyway. We'll see what Blizzard does with this in the future. I have not been recommending bans for class cards for a very long time because I just assumed Blizzard would never do it. Um, class cards can only be so problematic because you're naturally limited to how often you get to pick a certain class. Um, and then they micro uh, they micro adjust it on top. Sorry, they do offering odds adjustment on top of it. The class is too good, and they can adjust these cards down so that they're almost banned. Right? Like think of Sap. Uh, back in the day. Like, Sap didn't exist in the arena for a long time. You would see one, like, once out of every, like, 200 games against a rogue or something uh, that's uh, that's not generated uh, because it was just almost disappearing. But here, they just outright ban it. And I think that's that's the more honest way to do it than to just super lower the offering odds. Because um, if you're lowering the offering odds to, like, 5% of what they should be, you're pretty much banning the card. Anyway, yep. um... There's still people, and I hear this complaint a lot, and I just want to address it. People are like, oh, but you can generate it. Okay, you can you can still draft Yasara. Like, generation is a problem, but generating banned cards is not something that's that easy to do on Blizzard's side. And really, it is much less of a problem than letting the card be drafted, especially if the card is, like, a common or something. Um, that we're, we're talking, like, hugely different degrees. And remember, if you're talking about generation cards in, like, Hunter, now you're talking about something like... You have to be able to select Hunter. You have to select Hunter. You have to be able to select the generation card that you want to select the generation card. You have to play the generation card. The generation card, you know, and when you're playing it, you don't know that you're going to get it. The generation card then has to really randomly out of all the spells or all the class cards or all the whatever, give you that particular card. And then on the same turn, or maybe you'll have a later, but then that makes the card worse because you can't play it on the same turn. You have to have a minion with initiative. Like, there's so many ifs at that point that you're just like, yes, this is one of the many, 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 many crazy things, and not even among the worst crazy things that happens in Hearthstone when you, like, put enough ifs in front of things. Um, so it's just... I'm not going to say it's not a problem, but we, we are at, like, 
5% the problem that it used to be. Yeah, um, look, I, I wouldn't like for quite a few things to be solved as well. Um, many people are talking about, it's like, okay, well, if it's banned, I want to make sure it can't be discovered. I would like that as well. Like, I, I think that would be good because um, it just makes it more infuriating for me. <laughs> like, even though it's banned, I'm like, great, it's a banned card. Fantastic. Uh, but I, it, it, it's like plugging holes on the Titanic, kind of. It's like, we, mm. we got to sort of prioritize here. So, yes, I am with you guys. I would like for that as well. Um, I think there are many other things, I guess, we, we need to focus on first. Okay, now let's talk about, so we're, we're going to get to the new, sorry, new cards, the buff cards, because Blizzard also buffed a bunch of cards for constructive reasons that'll have arena impact, but they also, like, keep in mind all the stuff we're talking about, right? They're changing cards around, they are hitting the uh, offer rate adjustment button based on previous data, they are removing one of the dominant cards in the, like, entire meta um, as of, uh, you know, as of the previous data, and they're totally shifting around all the offering rates on epics, which affects every single class in the entire meta. Some of the best epic cards are in Priest. Some of the other best epic cards are uh, 9 mana and 10 mana in Clown and Rabbit. So you're talking about so many moving pieces. And when you do so many moving pieces, you can't balance something. Not on that shot. So when I saw how many changes went into this, I was immediately like, so this balancing patch is going to make Arena worse not better like good for you know them doing a bunch of stuff but if they don't come up with a follow-up patch and they haven't and you know as we tick down into october i feel like this meta at least is not going to get an actual balancing patch after this the the meta is worse statistically warlock which was the best class before is now even higher win rate it is now sitting at 55.8 percent win rate even though presumably they got micro-adjusted down. Why? Because the meta has totally shifted. Um, uh, but without talking about... The, the other classes at the top now are Demon Hunter and Warrior. We're playing Warrior later. We've waited long enough for Warrior to go from the bottom to the top. Now we can play it. Now we can start playing the Coop again. Um, yeah. And then Paladin after that. Uh, Hunter sits at 49%, which is not bad at all. And then there's a Shaman, Mage, Druid at 47, 46, 45, coming down to like, you don't really want to start touching these. Um, but then you have Rogue and Priest at the bottom. Rogue is at 41%, Priest is barely 40%. This is not unpredictable. You have Priest, who favors a certain playstyle and has really, really good epic cards, and all of that just got trashed. Um, and Priest was doing well enough, but it's not like Priest's offering rates got nerfed. Um, Priest just didn't get a boost, and other people did get a boost, and the entire meta shifted against Priest. That was all very predictable as far as the Priest being down here. Warlock staying at the top? I couldn't have predicted it, but you move so many pieces around, um, especially with Blizzard, and you don't even know how much you're moving each of these pieces, you're going to have a problem. Like, Mage is at 46%. I don't know. I would have expected Mage to do better. Uh, but but it's it's not. And uh, I'll, I'll go into why I expected Mage to do better. I expected Mage to do better because they upgraded a whole bunch of cards. So we'll talk about the nerfs to cards and then the buffs to cards. So first, they nerfed some cards. These are, you know, full game nerfs. Ironbound Iron Brute, which was a 7-mana 6-7 taunt uh, for Demon Hunters that cost one less for each uh, card drawn this turn, which usually just ends up being like a Boulder Fist Ogre with a taunt, but sometimes, you know, it can go for lower. Uh, they added a mana to it, so it's now even worse in Arena. It used to be like a pretty good card, but not great. Uh, now it's now it's going to be uh, a, a pretty bad card yeah, in Arena. Uh, Mind Render, Elusia is getting changed. Don't care. It's a legendary. Perpetual Flame for Shaman got nerfed to be two mana rather than one mana. Um, the overload is still overload one, but the initial cost is now higher. Uh, so it doesn't seem, it's not actually as big of a nerf as you may think, being, you know, two mana instead of one mana, because what is making this card really good is not the fact that it is a one mana card, it's really the fact that it, it can trigger again and again for an overload of only one. But, in Arena, you sometimes use things for weird, weird reasons, so it still does have a, does have an effect. Uh, your downside cases are, are more penalized. 
They also changed some uh, Tame the Flame, which is a quest line. Don't care. Demon Seed quest line. Don't care. Rune Mithril Rod got nerfed. I actually had someone. I actually had two people play this card against me in Arena. I don't know if we just thought it sucked in Arena. It was secretly not super, super terrible. Um, it actually wasn't super, super terrible when they were used against me, which I was surprised about. But either way, this got nerfed from 3 mana to 4 mana. Uh, Rune Mithril Rod is the O2 weapon that after you draw 4 cards, reduce the cost of the cards in your hand by 1. Um, anyway, so those are the nerfs. Not hugely impactful to Arena, but the buffs. First buff. Uh, Hunter. Leatherworking Kit. Used to be a 2 mana O3. After 3 friendly beats die, draw a beast and give it plus 1 plus 1, lose 1 durability. Now it is only 1 mana. Um, it, it was bad. Now it's probably kind of usable, I think. Especially if you have like some of the spells that, uh, that Hunter has that generates a whole bunch of beasts. Or like a desert spear. Because um, I've seen Leatherworking Kit be not terribly used in decks. Like, just as it was. And by dropping a 1 mana, especially as Hunter, which is very mana starved during the, the times when you actually have cards that could generate beasts, it, it actually is like a, a good card for certain decks. Um, moving on, Selective Breeder used to be a 2 mana 1-1. One, one. Battle Cry, discover a copy of a beast in your deck, uh, which was like not great. And now it is a 2-mana 1-3, discover a copy of a beast in your deck. So it is better. Not like game-changingly good or anything, but it, uh, it, it gets better. Now here's the card I want to talk about, which is Wildfire. In Mage, Wildfire got reduced from 2-mana to 1-mana. This is the one that permanently increases the damage of your hero power by 1. 1-mana um, Wildfire is absolutely insane. Because the problem with Wildfire is that you would have to spend some turn spending 4 mana to deal 2 damage. And now you only have to spend 3 mana. And you can get it out earlier. You can squeeze it in into a t turn that you're not even using your hero power on. Because it's just a throwaway 1 mana card. This card got so much better for Arena. And it was already like an okay card in Arena. It lets you go really go into that long game. Uh, or, or start becoming a hunter, right? So this change, it makes this a really good card in the arena. The problem is uh, the epic nerf makes it not offered as frequently anymore. But uh, if you do get offered it, this is a game changer now. Yeah, um, look, uh, I totally agree with the wildfire. Uh, people have pointed out something which I think really is the thing that was holding mages back. It's that they fixed slash changed the epic offering rate, right? That was one right. of the things that they did. And uh, box puzzle box is uh, huge. And okay, here's uh, that's fair. I didn't think about that. Puzzle box, and also uh, if you play mage anytime recently, you understand. Um, okay, what are the epics that like really define the meta? There were two. There's two that I can think of: BGH and Primordial Protector, right? Like, those two uh -huh. things are, are pretty prevalent, as in people pick it a decent amount. BGH gets value. Primordial Protector is probably... So, uh, BGH helps mages sort of, like, play their long game. Primordial Protector, with, like, the Flame Strike and Puzzle Box, will always draw something big and draw something game-changing, right? It'll draw that Flame Strike, it'll draw that Puzzle Box, and through and that... Flame Strike is also epic. Yes, I forgot. exactly. Mm. Yep. So okay. that is uh, uh, that is like one of those things that, that was really, you know, it helps everyone, but man, that was really propping up mages. So them nerfing, um, them nerfing uh, like uh, epics really hurt mages more than other classes. Got it. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, so I mean, mage is not good right now. Uh, moving down, um, Modresh Fireeye got buffed from a 10 mana 10 10 to an 8 mana 8 8. This is a legendary mage card where if you've dealt 10 damage with your hero power of this game, deal 10 damage to all enemies. Whatever. Uh, Stormwind Freebooter for Warrior got buffed. Battlecry, it was a 3 mana 3 3. Battlecry, give your hero plus 2 attack this turn, which is already insanely good in Yeah, it was really good. 
like if you play with that card you were like oh man i'm happy to get this um the only time you were unhappy was like uh an empty board yeah. but at that time you're like okay well do i have some other play hopefully mm-hmm. like you know because it's really not worth it uh to to play it there that kind of sucks um so hopefully you have another play but um otherwise yeah it's fantastic it's three mana this stuff costs like four mana this is basically a crappy version of uh, fire plume phoenix which costs four mana there's that shaman spell storm strike that does the same exact thing but deals three damage instead of two and that costs one extra mana for that one extra damage this was already an insane card um not like game winning by itself but like we would have rated it i don't know Cool. plus uh like probably. It's, it's good it's very good like obviously. it's really good um and now it, it's a three four instead of a three three so it has no downsides now and uh that'll that'll bring it up to uh a minus or an a uh on our on our scale so it is now a premium premium card for warrior uh, and it is common and it is a pirate and on top of that yeah yeah, and a pirate. On top of that, another pirate got buffed, which is Stonewall Anchorman. Stonewall Anchorman is another common. It shows up a lot. Uh, pretty much every warrior deck has one, and it is very good. It's 5 mana, 4, 5 rush, and Frenzy draw a card, which means it's almost always drawing a card, and it's dealing 4 damage, and it's leaving a body on the board. Like, it was just always a really good card. Uh, they thought it wasn't good enough, so now it gained an extra health, so it's 4, 6. Which makes it even easier to trigger in case you had trouble finding something with, with you know, four attack or less before. Now you can find something with five attack and it'll still be fine. And it just, like, has a bigger body. Um, and finally, a third pirate got buffed. Another normal pirate for Warrior. Uh, Bloodsail Deckhand was a one mana 2-1. Battlecry, next weapon you play costs one less. This was not a great card, but it was, like, potentially draftable. It's now a one mana 2-2. Battlecry, the next weapon you play costs one less. So now it is a very good card. Uh, yeah, like just why did they need a Raven with upside? I don't, I don't understand. Why did they I, ever I, need a Raven with upside? I mean, look, are any of these cards, you know, blowing the roof off of, uh, you know, how good class cards are for warriors? No. They're not setting new standards, but they're all hitting very close, if not at the top of the lines that Warrior has. And Warrior just has a lot of really, really good, insane cards for Arena. So we're um, it's it's not a surprise that Warrior is now um, number three in win rate uh, between these cards and the micro adjusts. Yep, number three in win rate, very close to number two which is Demon Hunter. Pretty good. So with these, you kind of see what you're dealing with. Uh, Warlock, Demon Hunter, Warrior. You are Play and Paladin. Those are your top four classes. So what's the meta? You're pushing. You're on the board. It's tempo. It was always tempo. Now it's even more tempo. And the people that can swing tempo, especially on the early side, they're the ones that win. Warlock has this insane advantage of also not running out of cards, uh, but you're everyone's playing uh, Zoo into potentially like just faster tempo kind of cards. Remember, the epics are gone. Your your big anchoring cards, which were already very thinned down uh, because Ashes of Outlands and um, Skull of Man's Academy are gone, and now took another hit. I mean, this one was a bug hit, but uh, it, 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 it's how the meta changes. So now we're playing in a in a even more tempo-y, upticked kind of uh, kind of meta. Yep. Well, now we're done with this Hearthstone rune word thing. Hell Let's yeah! Let's talk about Hell Diablo. Diablo Two Resurrected is here. This is uh, I mean, it's not a question when we go. It's just we're. We're just going to talk about Diablo because we've been playing Diablo a lot and, uh, you know, this is what's uh, on our minds. We'll talk for, about Diablo 2 for a while. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our patrons who, um, you know, are uh, have always been very supportive of us and a good part of your funds. I mean, really, all of your funds for this year and last year and probably the year before that are going, <laughs> have gone into this computer that we're using to be able to run Diablo 2 it's and a great enjoy computer. our experience even more. Yes, so. we are very happy with it. So thank you all for your monies and for your support. Yes, thank you to all the patrons. And the top patrons of the month are 
RV Nitrain, Yin, 15 Gold Cringe, Eric L, Aaron LS, Dan F, Karova, RG, uh, 4P, and Brand New. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. Alright, so, welcome to the Hellforge Podcast. This is Merp's true Diablo 2 aficionado. Waited for this for like my entire freaking life. Uh, and, and also, there's some scrub named Avta who says he likes Diablo. Okay, this is this is what 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 happened. All right, Diablo came out. I don't know, 2001 or something. I'm sorry, Diablo two. Uh, and Diablo two's expansion came out 2003. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting my dates mixed up. I think Diablo 2 dis- uh, expansion came out 2001. It came out earlier than 2001, by the way. It came oh, it came out, out early 2000. 2001, even the expansion. But the point is... Oh, no. Well, no. By, but, like... Yeah. Go on. Yeah, so, like, we graduated high school in 2004. And, like, way before we graduated high school, I think by, like, sophomore year, like, by the end of sophomore year, not a lot of people were playing Diablo 2 anymore. We picked it up again in college and played single player for a bit. Um, and then sometime in like grad school was like the last time I touched it. And I was like, all right, we played this game to death. It's been, you know, really been playing this game for almost half of the life that I remember. Um, so, so it's a very old game. I will play some, some newer games now. And uh, apparently Murphs didn't stop. And I kept playing Diablo 2 and still play Diablo 2 up to this day. So, I played Diablo on launch night. Murps was like, I can't play with you because I'm level 50 and you're level 1. This is this is me starting to play at 7 p.m., which is way too late apparently. So I'm like, okay, well, well, the next day we have to stream, so you have to play with us. Uh, what, what are you going to do? And then when the stream time came, which was 7 o'clock, these are all work days, by the way. These are We, we have day jobs. These are work days. Uh, Merps have been locked out of playing the game for almost the entire day because of some, I don't know, bug or whatever. You could talk about it afterwards. But we got his account back from a, a, a coordinated Twitter effort. Uh, I still don't so think that worked, notice. but we can say Oh, oh yeah? You tweet it? Just accept your privilege as a streamer. My, you tweet it and eight minutes privilege. later. Okay. My you tweet streamer it privilege. After seven or like, yeah, after seven hours of not having your account unlocked, you tweet it and eight minutes later your account got unlocked. Uh-huh. That's not, that just happened. You, you still believe that that was just, it was just your turn. Okay, buddy. All uh, right. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway... Uh, Murphs was level. What was it? You were sixty-eight by that point when you were power. Yes. Lo- when you were helping us power level, they didn't want me so. to get to sixty-nine. They were afraid of the power I would have once I got to sixty-nine. Understand? So I admit that we Murphs and I are on different levels when it comes to playing Diablo two. Yeah, you I better played. Than that. Like four hours on the two weeknights that it was launched each, and then I played most of the day on Saturday. Murphs played like triple that. I tried to play more, but I couldn't, okay? <laughs> I could not. The game prevented me from doing it. But, okay, so here, here's my only complaint about the game itself. It's not about the game. It is just about the way that characters have been stuck. I won't get into the, like everything, but it's been really annoying. But the game... In terms of, if you remember, we talked about this on like previous Light Forges as well. I'm just like, I'm fine with them remaking it. I'm also fine with them coming out with it and just redoing the graphics. And for me to just experience it. And part of the product here is just like everyone experiencing it at the same time. And, you know, like I get that battle net feeling again. Because that's something that you can't create without like Mm -hmm. a unifying force like Blizzard doing it. And then everyone wanting to get back in. And it has been really, really freaking fun. Like, oh my god, it's been so freaking fun. The graphics are better than I could have ever hoped for. And let's just face it, it's just it's just a skin. It's a skin for an old game. But damn, does the skin look good. Because you can always press G <laughs> to look at what the game <laughs> used to look like. And you're just like, I used to play this. <laughs> Uh, and for I, I used to dedicate most of my waking hours to this. Yes, uh, yes, you did. That's what you um, used to do. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's uh, that's that's Diablo two. Um, and 
I mean, you you can also tell by how good the graphics are, but what the engine is doing. We had to get new computers because the old computers couldn't run this game on Max. Even though it's like a really old engine running in the background that probably isn't using up a lot of resources. Just the graphics were eating up so much that our computers, which, you know, they were kind of ancient. We've had those computers for six years, but they were, and they were like midline when we bought them uh, for, for a gaming PC. Uh, but, but still, like, yeah, you would think that it's not that graphics intensive. So these new computers, thank you guys so much, are amazing. We got our 4K screens. Um, we are running everything at full max while streaming also. Um, I mean, we're not streaming in 4K, but we're playing in 4K, streaming downscale to 1080p and running everything all at once on this computer, and it's all working. So that was what our goal was, um, because we needed to do it with games at around this caliber uh, for the for the 4K monitor to be worth it. Uh, so thank you guys. This has been an excellent experience. Um, but yeah, talk about the game besides just how good you you feel like I, I feel like I'm I'm a more realistic person like Murphs is just super obsessed with it. like you're not on his level and you're not on his wavelength and you can't get the pleasure that he gets from it if you unless you've also been playing this game for like literally 20 years like with only brief stops in the middle you know how um, some people are like oh it's not a game it's a lifestyle no no, no. like yeah. that's a joke uh but this is not a joke like when it comes to Diablo two and me, like this is this is a lifestyle. That's that's the only way you can keep playing this game. Like not in the resurrected form, but in in the shitty like pixelated Ugh. form that I that I have kept playing it for uh for freaking forever. Like it got it, it doesn't it didn't get to the point where you needed to like download other stuff so the game would even run on the new like operating system or whatever. No, you didn't have to. You, you didn't have to do that. Um, oh, okay. What, what what you had to do was just like download stuff to make it such that it, it, it's what they did with Resurrected, which is like, mm-hmm. hey, you want the benefits that ladder players get, right? Because it's really stupid. Like a lot of the ladder rune words are the most powerful by far, um, and plus yes, it's just because a, they're terrible. <laughs> no, I, I we look. want to talk about design decisions in yeah, gaming. Sure, oh sure. my god, Diablo two went off a like the later patches really they 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 did something. No, I I look I, I I'm with you there. All right, I understand what you are talking about, and I agree with you. Um, um how, but, uh, however, but yeah, yes, uh, the game. Let me just say this is the most common question I get and the question is merps i have not played diablo 2 so i don't know if i will enjoy it or not will i enjoy the game and it's always a tough question to answer because different people have different tastes so let's break it down it's a game that i think has aged better than a lot of old games it has aged better than 95 percent of old games yes so it has aged like very well but, okay, so so here are things that is uh, good about it. Number one, if you haven't played before, it is hard in a brutal way. Like, which I, some people enjoy, right? Um, really? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I don't have that perspective, because obviously I've been playing this game a while. But is it really hard if you play, like, on single player, players one? Yeah, it is. Because people mess huh. up their stats, mess up their skills. They, they are not optimized. They try to go melee, untwinked Kek W. Like, do you know, like, you've seen how hard that is. That's hard, man. Um, okay. Hell just slaps you in the face as well because of all the immunes, right? Okay, 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 yeah. People get to hell okay. and they're like, this game wasn't meant to be beat. Like, th- the game just wasn't meant to be beat. Um, and then, of course, like, we, we think of it differently. I- I'm just like, okay, do I, am I able to beat hell and, like, at, by the end of the second day or do I have to wait until, like, the third? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But some people... If I'm playing untwinked, you know, can I do, like, players four, players six, players eight? Yeah. So, look, the game is hard. It presents a lot of challenges. Um, it has a very good uh, kind of, like, slot machine mechanic to it. So, look, it, you know, by now, we have a lot of these games. You know, it, some people have played, like, Torchlight, right? Some people have played some PoE, but haven't played D2. Look, I mean, PoE, Torchlight, it's all kind of like following D2 and all of that. I would say D2's pace in sort of like getting you these skills, getting you these items, still very good. One thing that is severely outdated, 
is the end game. Because all you do is like for newer, there is no end game. There is no end game. You just go to old spots on the highest difficulty and you grind those to find items. So the end game in Diablo 2 is the one thing where if you're used to newer games, if you're used to newer games, um, because they always have some dedicated form of end game in, in one way or another, you're going to be like, wait, this is weird. Like, you might still enjoy it, but you will automatically look at it and be like, this is weird. So, I would say that's the only thing. However, overall, I would still recommend it if you're just an action RPG fan. Because if you enjoy action RPGs of any kind, they they derive something from Diablo 2. Um, like, it's impossible. The, the action RPG genre, uh, like especially the isometric action RPG genre... Uh, like was heavily influenced by Diablo 2, so you'll find lots of familiar things. I think you'll enjoy it. They made this game like just so immersive as well. Like they understood what was appealing about the lore, about the art style, and they went all in on that. So it's something in which like, look, you don't have to be like me and try to optimize. It's like, okay, by the end of day three, I want to be able to find like high runes and every item in the game, et cetera, et cetera. If you just want more of a casual experience as well, play through it. It might even take you like a month to get through like, you know, to even get into the middle of hell or something, but you just want to enjoy the challenge. Uh, and it will be challenging the first time you play if you're not reading a million guides. It just absolutely will be. Um, I think it's still a very good experience. I think it holds up extraordinarily well. So yeah, that's the question I get the most. And so for those of you who haven't played D2, uh, or maybe just played it a little bit when it came out and forgot all mm -hmm. about it, that is my recommendation. This is coming from a guy who has played for like tens of thousands of hours. So I have a biased view, but whenever I give this kind of review, I'm always just like, you have to recognize, right? Like, because this is an old game. It just has a fresh coat of paint. Like, can I still recommend this? And for me, I can just because the game holds up well. And um, yeah, so try it out. Enjoy it. I, I still, I'm still so happy playing it. Like, it, it it's so, it, it's, it's such a breath of fresh air um, because it's the same game, but uh, it's just nice to experience everything all over again one more time. Yeah. Um... I would say if you're a returning player and you played it back in the day and you haven't played it in 10, 15 years, um, it's definitely worth coming back to. Uh, the price tag is 40 bucks, which is a little steep, but if you don't care about the price tag or you don't have a lot of games left on your list that you like, you know, want to play, this is a guaranteed good time. Um, you can play by yourself, jump on the ladder, especially if you have any friends that are, you know, potentially jumping back to. Like Diablo 2 is. It's fun to play by yourself, but it's so much better to play with, like, anybody else, even if you're not on voice comms, just, like, running through the, like, dungeons. Because, um, you you know, especially if it's a friend, you, like, you, you find something, right? And you're like, oh, my God, you know, we found a whatever insert item or whatever. Uh, personally, I like to play untwinked, uh, like, files because, like I said... The stuff gets insane. Like, I don't just mean the enemies. The, I mean, the, the items get insane. And if you're playing out on Battle.net, in a couple of weeks, the items floating around there that you can pretty much, you know, get to, to do the end game. It just, it makes most of what you can find without a dedicated Magic Find character totally pointless. And uh, you would have to basically need to enjoy the playing a dedicated Magic Find character to then get Magic Find equipment, very specific sets of Magic Find equipment because it's not worth it to get any other kinds of equipment, um, of only possibly three different character types, maybe four, that can do this kind of Magic Finding. Uh, there's a few options of where to Magic Find, but it's more or less the same deal. And then just kind of like do that. Just do and it. That's that's the game. That, that, that so, is the game, yes. So, like, when Murph talks about the, the lack of endgame, that's what they mean by there's no endgame. You kind of build your own endgame, and what the community usually builds, especially when there's no ladder, is just, like, find better stuff, I guess. Um, you can try to level to 99. That becomes kind of brutal later on, but, you know, you can do it, and that just involves a bunch of grinding, too. Um, the challenges don't get that much more difficult past a certain point. There's no endless dungeon aspect in Diablo 2. Uh, but the the journey until you get to the point in which 
you know, you can beat hell consistently. That's always fun. And it's not that time intensive if you're on Battle.net. Um, if you're playing by yourself uh, in a solo file untwinked, it will it will take a long time. Um, yep. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a good time. Oh, it's it's still a really good time. I'm I'm still very very happy playing it. Um, I was dead tired uh, by the end of Thursday because of work and everything. Um, but when I booted up uh, D two, and at that time I still wasn't having any problems with it yet. <laughs> but uh, I was so happy. I was like so happy just because I get to see this game, and it, it really is a part part of the the experience is just seeing the community like being alive again and getting that bina experience like i played pluggy a lot which is the first player one and it's just because i enjoyed the game but being part of like an active bnet is something else like it, mm -hmm. it, it it's something else as well um so yeah i encourage you guys to check it out um there are so many guides out there um i will just say this. Yeah, because the game, remember, the game is the exact same underlying mechanics yes. as the, the the like original game as of the latest patch, patch like 1.14E or F or whatever they ended up um, at. Uh, so any old guides, as long as they're of patch 1.14 or 1.15, they are just as good as anything written in the last like two, three weeks. Yeah, and I'll shout out a couple of creators that I have watched throughout the years. I mean, first of all, there's Mr. Llama SC, who's probably the most famous uh, D2 streamer right now, but he makes a ton of videos. His stuff is very informative. I like uh, Dabrunsky. Um, he streams on Twitch, but he also has a, a ton of YouTube videos, which are very informative. Um, there's also Cooley. He has YouTube videos, but those are three guys that I watch their D2 content. I have watched it for quite a few years. They're entertaining. They're informative. Um, so I would point you to them for like really detailed D2 stuff. Because this game is very deep. And I'm not saying they intentionally made it deep. But it was 2000 and the game explained nothing to you. And there are some mechanics which are really stupid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, By deep, uh, what Murphs means is dumb. Yes. That's the complexity born out of like just broken and bad decision making, and the worst part and is the, the limitations. Team didn't even the, like the oh yeah, also the technical limitations. Yep. Yeah. So the, they had to like change and patch some things to make it even more nonsensical and weird. Um, but it's not like it's not unapproachable. Just no. don't try to think of it in a way that like it has to make sense by today's standards, and just accept it as like this is this powerful, this is that powerful, right? Like, and then you'll be fine. And you'll be fine. There you go. Um, so yeah, so if you look at Metacritic, uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected has a critic score of 83 based on only six reviews. Um, I think that's probably fair. I think it could get a couple points more than that. But um, I mean, how how high of a score can you get when you don't change the game, right? Like, uh, it's it's done well for what it is, um, but there are still some problems uh, when it comes to, like, logins and things like that that's kind of marring the, the game. And if you look at the user score from 400 ratings, it's a 4.5. And it's a 4.5 because people can't play, and it's a 4.5 because the game crashes every hour, and it's a 4.5, I don't know, but don't listen to the 4.5. That's that's a that's a review bomb happening. This game is, um, and I understand people are like understandably frustrated, right? Like, but it, it doesn't reflect the game itself. I just I hate review bombing. I hate all forms of review bombing. I don't care if it's because like you know you can't get in the game. I don't care if it's because of like DRM. I don't care if it's because uh, you need like this like insanely powerful system to run or like I don't know Blizzard rape children. Um, and, you know, we shouldn't buy Blizzard games. Um, this is all just rate the game as the game, right? And do everything else kind of separately. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Because uh, I want to go to review sites and I want to read about all this other stuff that's very important. But as far as a number goes, because the number is meaningless once you add all these different things. I just want the number to represent how good the game is if I'm able to play it as it's intended. interesting okay uh anyways get the game i think everyone should get the game 
Uh, but once again, this is just this is just me. All right, this is just one one uh, fanatics opinion of it. It plays really well. Um, you guys can get some of my gear that I don't need because I will be doing uh, a ton, ton, ton of runs. Um, but that's that's it for Diablo 2. I can't believe we're here. I honestly can't believe we're at a point where um, it was announced. It looked good in alpha. And now that it's out, I'm having so much fun playing it. It's really everything I would could have expected from uh, a strict remake, as in just a skin, right? It's literally a skin. Uh, and it's fantastic. So very happy with it. I'm going to be playing it for uh, a good amount of time. And I'll be streaming it as well. So if you're interested in that, um, I will be definitely streaming it quite a lot, especially in this coming week. Catch one of the streams. If you guys have questions, I have a wealth way too much knowledge um, about this game that I'm happy to share with you guys. All right. That's a wrap for the Lightforge. Until next week, this is Abwikta. This is Murps. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week. <laughs>